This podcast contains occasional rude words and possibly some very wrong concepts. So you have to blame yourself for listening and we hope you have a laugh. G'day, it's the Moon Man here, Lawrence Mooney. Did you ever have a childhood dream denied but can live with yourself because at least you tried? Check out this podcast, Saturday Afternoon Fever, with Matthew Hardy and myself, where we remember what we were like as naughty kids, terrible teenagers and young, drunk, idiot adults. This is Saturday Afternoon Fever with myself, Lawrence Mooney. Matthew Hardy. Matthew is the author of the book, Saturday Afternoon Fever, which he is reading. Uh, We are nearing the end. Uh, It's 260 pages and we're on to St Kilda playing in the grand final against Adelaide in 1997. Uh, If you're just joining Saturday Afternoon Fever, Matthew reads, and if I feel that my interest is piqued or some little nostalgic chord in my deep suburban heart is struck, uh, I interrupt him. And I think that that is where the joy of this comes from, for us anyway, and uh, for our podcast followers, the the digressions and, and little tributaries that we find ourselves going down. The left turns at Albuquerque, as Bugs Bunny would say. <laughs> the left turn at Albuquerque. I never should have taken anyway. <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah, when we entered Derek's studios here in Easy Street Collingwood uh, just this afternoon, we saw a man carrying a giant papier-mâché carrot. Was it? I, I, I couldn't determine what it was made of. I thought it was maybe styrofoam. But either right. way, it was a life It was like a human-sized carrot, orange and, cartoony carrot. And with a big uh, green... Sprout um, off the top. Sprout off the top. But you had seen it what? first, and uh, he disappeared behind a Hertz rental truck. And you said, see that Hertz truck over there? Just keep watching, and you'll see something you've never seen before. And then from behind the truck emerged this man with a giant papier-mâché carrot. Now, bright orange, the sprout coming off like uh, Sideshow Bob's hair. Now, off the top, Derek is showing us a picture of the same man carrying it around. If you scroll back to the top of that images page, there, that is the guy with the carrot. What and is, I, he, is he a known entity around these? And I said with- I've seen him carrying that carrot before. Has he, Derek? Is he, does he carry it around a bit? Yes. Into the mic, please. Because I said, I think I've seen that before, and you said, no, you haven't. I thought, I thought, I thought you were trying, a carrot man, I thought you were trying to diminish the rarity that I'd witnessed and to pretend it was just an everyday occurrence. You. not going to rain on your parade. I was on the tram on the way to the footy. This is the voice of Derek, our producer, by to, the way. Yeah, sorry, I just... Dirty Derek. I was on the tram on the way to the footy. And there was a bloke walking along with a giant carrot. He had his arm, had his arm around it like it was a, yeah, like a spouse. He, he loved it. And I took a picture and put it on Instagram. And everyone goes, oh, yeah, carrot man. Yeah, yeah. Good spot. And I looked it up and this carrot guy. And the rumor has it that it was some kind of lucky charm for his footy team. Maybe St Kilda. Maybe I'm well, overdoing it. Right. right. But. Well, it can't be St Kilda because it's not lucky. He gets around carrying this carrot. No one and it why. is a giant carrot and we I saw would, it If I had known in. that, I would have gone up and blatantly asked him. Mm. I would have actually recorded his answer and my question on my phone for the purpose of this broadcast. Now I want to see him on purpose. If I again. see him again in the street, I'll say, you're walking around like there's a carrot under your arm. <laughs> <laughs> Back As, to the book. Right. Grand final day. The MCG car park was like a reunion. 
Barbecues out of car boots were combined with faces from way back when behind the goals at Moorabbin, St Kilda's original home ground in the 80s. Some of those faces had been gone for so long that we'd forgotten they were ever there. People who'd worked out that there were other aspects of life worth investigating had come back to collect their chips. Others had gone for reasons they didn't want to discuss, Lawrence. Whatever the circumstances of their respective absences, they'd all return today. Now, let me just put this into perspective too, or into perspective. This is 1997, and it is 26 years uh, since St Kilda's played in a grand final, having lost the 1971 grand final to Hawthorne. Yep. So it's a long time between drinks for long-suffering St Kilda fans. That's correct. Well, and that basically also spanned the duration of my entire St Kilda supporting existence, which meant no grand finals during that time because I was born in 69 and I was two during that previous grand finals that right. we played in. So, yeah, similar for me because I was uh, an Essendon supporter, born in 65, so 68 was the last time. Yep. Uh, what a year. Uh, Bobby Kennedy gets killed, Martin Luther King, the Tet Offensive in Vietnam, and the Bombers go down to the Blues in the grand final. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it's mentioned in the world history books as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, the fun and the frivolity took a back seat, however, when it came time to chuck the burnt snags into the bin and head into the ground for the game. The, the moment of truth. Do you know, I knew you were going to lose that grand final. Oh, fuck off. Wow. You could have told me before I spent a fortune flying back from London. No, I, I knew it just before the I game. Did not. I I turned to my mum and I said, I'm worried about this because Stan Oh, Owls, Nostradamus over here. Stan Owls, I'm worried about this. In fact, they should have cancelled the game and just given the cup to the crows on the spot. Well, they did. You'd cancelled it. Right, go on. Um, Why were you worried about it? Because where was your mum? Where were you watching the game? I was at uh, Scoresby Road, Bayswater. Right, the family home. The family home, watching it with mum. Um, and Stan Alves looked dry of mouth. The coach. The coach. And I thought, he is losing his shit. Wait, That's what that I was the portent. A coach just before the grand final opening <laughs> bounce is dry of mouth. Be- Who wouldn't be? Well, no, the the... Opposition coach was oh, Malcolm Blight. No, he was. Uh, oh, was he moist of mouth? <laughs> <laughs> he was. He seemed relaxed. Right. Yeah. And Stan didn't. Stan seemed a little bit outside of himself. What yeah. during the pregame interview or something? Yeah, they said, you know, how are you feeling? I said, I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs> 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 Stand your fist, your pants. You're going to go and have to change your chin. I was like, I don't give a You're incomprehensible. We can't understand. This is like a two Ronnies character or something. <laughs> You're impersonating Morecambe and Wise and well, every English like end of the pier act of all time. You're going through every English comedy duo now. Yeah. What about, you know, um, Fry and Laurie? French and Saunders. (laughs) (laughs) That's Tommy. It's actually Tommy. uh, Tommy Cooper. Yeah, they wore the fez. Not like that. that. That's the one I was thinking of. Not like that. Just like that. Now, somebody, some anonymous call is ringing me, right? I am being besieged by these calls from some Pakistani call centre (laughs) claiming to sell me a better energy deal. Are you going to answer it? No, I'm not going to answer it. Answer it. Be careful. Put them on loudspeaker. <laughs> they they haven't answered. Right. But I... Too late. No, but I, I'm just being beset by these, like by the dozen every day. One of them is going to be a call telling me I've won Tats Lotto and I'm going to, you know, forsake the winning ticket. 
Why don't you just answer? So just because go. there's a dozen of them a day and they're all fucking idiots trying to give me a better energy deal. Sergeant Reynolds, Australian Federal Police. <laughs> the worst Click. thing is, the worst thing is, if ever they you actually and, do hang up, if you if ever answer. you try and turn on them, they turn on you back. So confident are they that you'll never track them down? Right. They say things about your mother in return. <laughs> <laughs> That's not right. That's not right. People in call centres have really started getting a bit uppity, aren't they? Yeah. You're there for me to abuse you. Yes. You don't come back with jokes about my mum. That's right. Especially if they're true. So, um, how dare you? Where was I? The moment of truth, back to the book, was around the corner and suddenly I was overcome by a sense of foreboding. Yeah, same with Stan Alv. My um, nana had a mate called uh, Guthrie. That was her first name. Guthrie? Yeah, and no, uh, she had a goiter. Right. They went out of style, didn't they? Goiters. Well, yeah, people, uh, I a think... A sort of growth on your underneck area. Yeah, it was an expansion of your thyroid gland. I think was people... It? Isn't the boss of the AFL Richard Goiter? <laughs> <laughs> Goiter. G-O-Y-D-E-R. Shout out to the main man. <laughs> Didn't he used to play for St Kilda? Who? I don't know. Goiter? <laughs> I'm not sure. No, Guerta. Oh, yeah. No, James Gwilt. No. Who? The Who's guy that used to wear the wig. What? He went from St Kilda to Hawthorne, played in a premiership side in or 2008. Oh, Brent Guerra. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Right. Pretty sure, pretty sure he wore a wig, I hope. No, I think he did. Yeah. yeah. Bit of hair fusion happening. Yeah. Anyhow. Good footballer. Where were we? Back to the book. The moment of truth was around the corner and suddenly I was overcome by a sense of foreboding. Walking up the same stairs that we'd done the day before, I suddenly felt physically ill. Mm, I get that. The majority of St Kilda supporters had been shepherded by organisers into the same area, high up in the very last row of the Southern Stand. Now that shatters to tears, right? Here we are spending top dollar on memberships for like 30 years, and then they're begrudgingly giving us the worst seats in the house. You know, pissed off they couldn't sell it to corporates, of course, coming for their first ever game. That really does bother me about grand final day is that a lot of the people there aren't football followers. They're celebrities and corporates. Oh, I've told you. I've told you. If I've told you once, I've told you a thousand times. Now, listeners will know and they can sing along with the bouncing ball that I saw a limo pulling up as we left, as we left the Cricketers Arms on Punt Road to walk across Punt Road, past the Punt Road Oval, towards the MCG, a limo pulls up, outsteps Richard Wilkins. Mm. Not the greatest AFL footballing follower in the world. With a shoulder-to-ankle leather jacket. And I heard him say, who's playing again? And I launched into a tirade of abuse, having paid top dollar at the last minute to fly from London to see this game. I won't hear a bad word said about Dickie Wilkins. Well... You won't, friend you, of the podcast. He's no fucking friend of the podcast. He's, he's a fucking imposter, right? Who stole two tickets off real football supporters. Who's playing again? The interesting thing that I've heard and... Fuck uh, off. Fuck uh, off. It was the first time I heard speak of it was from Cameron Ling. Speak of what? Him referring to the... The pre- Geelong captain come tagger come brilliant midfielder. Him referring to the preliminary final as the player's grand final or the supporters' grand final. He said, having played in preliminary finals and grand finals, he said the noise at a prelim is much bigger 
than the noise at a grand final because there's 120,000 fans in the ground. Yeah, and 50% of them barrack for one team and 50% barrack for the other. So you don't get all those invited celebrities, guests and corporates that you do on grand final day. He said the cauldron feel of a preliminary final is much more intense. Of course, grand final's the one that counts and that every player wants to win the premiership. But that was interesting, and that's the first time I'd heard speak of it. Have spoken to other AFL footballers about it. Dermot Brereton, our friend and friend of the podcast, agrees that it's preliminary final day that's the noisiest. Yeah, well, it's wrong that the last day, the most important match of the year, is with the AFL uh, bigwigs feather business nests. Mm. Well, that's yeah. one of the realities of life, isn't it? People with Who? privilege are going to get through the door before the people with the passion. Who's playing again? So... We're up in the last row of the MCG in the Southern Stand. Which is a, yeah, it's a slap in the face. The sun is shining. Somewhere in the corporate box is Richard Wilkins. With his ankle-length leather jacket on. Eating salmon. With a woman, the beauty of whom would probably make you weep with desire. Apparently he's massively well hung, but anyway, allegedly. I've heard that, That's yeah. another reason why I don't like Dickie him. by name and nature. <laughs> I've the heard sun- rumours that you're well hung. You've mentioned this before, you freak. First of all, I wouldn't have a clue. I don't think so. And yes, you what would. About, what, the only way you ever get a gauge on whether you are or aren't well hung, right? I don't reckon I am, but but I might as well say so. Well, we may as well do it on camera. Yeah, I was going to say, is out. when you get a glimpse of a bloke standing next to you in a public toilet. And you've got to be very cautious about that because if you get caught, then questions get asked that you might not want to answer. Well, you can just go, because I didn't go to a Gee, Catholic- the water's cold and, and they say, yeah, it's deep too. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> Hence goes the old grand final breakfast joke. <laughs> this has all gone wrong these last couple of episodes. Let's move on. So we're in the last row of the highest stand, the worst seats, right? The sun is shining. The northern stand is really the highest stand, the well, old Olympic stand. Know. Perhaps you... But yeah, you're under that asbestos roof and in the southern stand, it's not great. The sun's shining, but we're cold in the shadows. During the pregame festivities, we took photos of everything and everybody. Whereas the car park had been buzzing with anticipation only half an hour earlier, an eerie silence now enveloped us. It felt like the total eclipse I'd experienced as a kid, which made the local animals go berserk as it was beginning. Dogs barking, birds screeching, (laughs) before settling into an ominous eye of the storm, kind of complete and utter quiet. Do you remember, we went up to Mr. and Mrs. Griffith's house. 1976, the the total eclipse Eclipse of of the the sun. sun, Right. My mum wept because she's a devout Catholic. The the eclipse came across. It was the second coming. Remember, people said, don't go outside and stare at the sun, which means... Never stare at the sun, but because it's there's an eclipse, people are going to look up. Yeah. So it was about, I don't know, 3.30 in the afternoon. Yes. The moon crosses in f- front of the path of the sun and everything goes dark. Birds start chirping, dogs start barking. No, the dogs and the birds were making the noise as it began. And then, then in the darkness... died off. And then, moments later... Chaos. Yeah. So my mum started weeping... <laughs> and I'm looking across at her thinking, okay, mum's lost it. Right. And she was a, a, quite a devout Catholic, my mum. I know. Um, I attended her send-off. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was extremely religious. And she said, that is a sign from God. I was like, what was, what was, the, what was, the, what was the sign? Well, it's more of a sign that the moon's passed in front of the path of the sun yeah. rather than a sign from God. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, she was convinced that... But what was the sign? I saw the sign. It's opened up my mind. I saw the sign. Life is fantastic. 
Yeah. Actually. Lawrence is. Anyway, go on. She started singing that song 20 years before it was written. <laughs> so maybe it was a sign from God. Ace of base water. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Very you. Good. Thank you. Yes. Ace, that is. Ace I, of base water. I doffs me cap to you, sir. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Right, back to the book. Oh, the eclipse. Now, we went to yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Tom and Lil Griffiths up the road. And I've spoken of Tom Griffiths because he used to work at Herbert Adams' pie factory, not four and 20, almost like the Pepsi to the Coca-Cola. Yeah. Right? And, and for your discerning pie eater, they just like, this is made by proper bakers. Because yeah. remember the Herbert Adams sign was the fluffy That's right. chef's hat. Yes. That was their logo. So yep. it's like, oh, it's a chef yep. versus a factory. Yep. It was a fucking factory. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas 4 and 20 had the blackbirds flocking out of the pastry on the top mm. of the pie. Who who bakes 4 and 20 blackbirds into a pie? Exactly. What kind of freaky... Was it the Brothers Grimm? Who'd they play for? <laughs> well, by the sound of them, North Melbourne. Hans Christian <laughs> Anderson. Ham, Hans Christian Pamela Anderson. Anyway, <laughs> I'm digressing too far. Um, yeah, but Mr. You're and Mrs. Griffiths... You're Mr. riffing. Mr. and Mrs. Griffiths had the only colour TV in the neighbourhood. Yeah. So the whole, whole neighbourhood polled into the lounge room. To watch the eclipse yeah, on the telly. which is ironic because it was basically a black and white image that the, the, the sun was so bright on the TV, it was mm. effectively white... And then, you know, it became black when the the moon passed it and the circumferences of each matched. And so there was that moment of, you know, synchronicity. So it, or- it was kind of like uh, pictures of the coronavirus, if you will. They're kind of like... The golden sphere on the, the outside. The, the corona of- outside yeah. the, the dark circle, yeah. yeah. Anyway. But we lived through that. I've, I've often Obviously, a massive highlight for our childhoods. Yes, because we both remember it. The total eclipse. Yeah, but Jeff Hook did a cartoon about it in that morning sun before the sun merged with the afternoon herald to become the Herald Sun. Yeah. That we know it to be now, the Melbourne's main tabloid, only tabloid, for better or worse. Uh, News Corp, Murdoch paper. Yeah, what, even back in the day? Wasn't it pre Murdoch, 76? I think it must have been. 76 was pre Murdoch, yeah, because yeah, it was Murdoch boarded after. Um, Hawke-Keating government abolished the media cross-ownership laws or whatever they were, cross-media ownership. Anyway, not completely across the legislation. When it comes to the newspapers, back to the book. Back to the book. I thought about writing another book based on that day when the eclipse occurred in 1976 because it was only on a later date that I realised virtually everybody in there, each neighbouring family, was from a totally different nation. So there was Mr Vilars, who was Dutch, right, there was yeah, Mr. Yeah, what uh, part of Holland was he from? Yeah, that's right. There was Mr. <laughs> I'm not sure, but there was Mr. Poon who was from China, um, and that word's been used in other ways. So since. I can can I can I do the Chinese character if I'm allowed to do the Dutch character? Probably not, because Dutch Def, is, definitely not. Dutch is Anglo and or white, isn't it? So therefore, we being Anglo and white are allowed to mock it or impersonate it or oh, appropriate I, it, as opposed to an Asian nation where it's going to come under a cloud. Where it would be seen more as a racial stereotype. Perhaps. I think we've cleared that than up. An impersonation. Anyway, but I would like to... So I'm not doing Mr. Poon for no. those people at home. No. Yeah, my idea for that book was, how did all these people grow up in all these different nations and yeah. end up in Cambridge Drive, Glen Waverley? Because the people obviously the, you were the an Indian family, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Wise. Yeah, so... John and Cynthia you Wise. A Chinese family, an Indian family, a Dutch family, an English family, the yours. Did Mr. and Mrs. Dibiasi were Italian. And was there your traditional the giant, third Mr. or fourth generation Australian family? 
Well, us, but my dad was but English born. That, yeah, but that's not that's not an Australian well, probably family. Tom, probably Tom and Lil Griffith, the actual homeowners, the householders, right. the uh, the hosts were probably third or fourth generation. You know, they worked for Herbert Adams. Yeah, fascinating idea for a book. Yeah, uh, I also see um, ABC TV miniseries. First episode is the total eclipse. Yep. And then you, you follow, follow their respective stories. pathways to end up in that street. And then in the finally, suburbs. some other kind of um, event in the solar system brings them all together again. You know, <laughs> Haley's Comet or oh, something, yeah. or the uh, the Rapture, Scott <laughs> Scomo style, or you know, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. You go completely <laughs> biblical. Well, to be continued. We've got to have another book after this one. That could be it. So nobody had much to say. Of course, I've mentioned. Everything had gone quiet. Back to the book. Pre-game. Nobody had much to say. There was an encouraging nod here, a firm slap on the shoulder there. But each of us spent a moment alone now with our personal doubts. Fear crept into our eyes. With the first bounce five minutes away, something had dawned on us all at once. Now, all those long-term St Kilda supporters huddled together in the southern or northern stand in the very last back highest row, <laughs> scattered around other parts of the MCG as well, or watching at home, listening on the radio, either locally or in other nations, following on the newly born internet, suddenly we all wondered what it might feel like to lose this game. Sometimes it's easier not to make it. We'd never known fear of this sort before, Lawrence. Five wins in a season was a good year for St Kilda not so long ago. We'd been programmed into thinking we had nothing to lose. And now that we did, we weren't used to it. We realised that being beaten would plunge us into emotional waters we'd never swum in before. As much as St Kilda fans were renowned by opposition players, coaches and supporters for our unequalled passion, as much as they struggled to comprehend the unbridled pleasure we took in an occasional victory during the bad times, so they would struggle to comprehend how hard we would feel this loss if it arrived. If we should fail to grab this chance today, this afternoon then that might be it. This might be the only chance we had in our lifetimes to win the big one. With Robert Harvey, Stuart Lowe, Nathan Burke and Nicky Winmar being our, our backbone of the side, our quartet of champions, the main reason for our emergence as a genuine force, they were all getting older and were in the final quarters of their respective careers. Add to the equation the evenness of the current day competition due to salary cap and draft systems and our fear of failure was suddenly all-encompassing. I can't recall attending a single game where I presume St Kilda would win. However, for a variety of reasons, the media making, a favorite, making us favourites among them, the whole of Victoria supporting us against the interstate rivals Adelaide and the general popularity of a fairytale finish for the underdogs, now we felt we should win. It was chic to be known as a long-term St Kilda supporter in the week leading up to this game. Oh, yeah. Simon and I received letters and phone calls from friends and family wishing us luck as if we were playing in the bloody thing. A lot of cachet in being a St Kilda yeah. supporter. I remember ringing St Kilda supporters I hadn't seen for a while. A guy called Ashley Foote, who I worked with in shipping for a company called Ned Lloyd Swire. And I found his phone number in the book uh, back when there was a phone book and rang him up. It's like, hello. It's like, Ashley, I'm thinking about you today. I rang a lot of St oh, Kilda supporters. Beautiful. Yeah. That's very kind and caring of you. It's amazing how if you're not into footy, you could fail to remotely understand any of this shit. Ringing also before mobile phones. So you're ringing a stranger. You're going out of your way to contact them and say, good luck today. Yeah, Hoping it actually helps. Yeah. Greg Swedosh and I were almost... Swedes. Right, who met at the game at Arundel where the Ashes Test team play their first match to clear out the cobwebs of the long flight. 
Greg Sudosh and I were almost celebrities in our respective neighbourhoods for being so committed as to fly around the world just for a game of footy. Of course. As was my brother Simon, as was Heinze, as was Fats, our whole crew. St Kilda winning the flag or the Victorian public's perception of it represented much more than a game of footy. A lot of people would have been announcing, and Matt's come home all the way from London to be here. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, It was viewed as an example of justice for all. Have faith and you'll be rewarded. Persistence paves the way. The idea of St Kilda winning the flag was like evidence that every dog has its day. If St Kilda could win the premiership, then there was hope for everybody in this world. The aftermath. That's the subtitle of the next part of this chapter. And we're going to have to leave it there. That is the end of this episode. You've been listening to Saturday Afternoon Fever with myself, Lawrence Mooney, and the author. Matthew you me Hardy. Up the garden path and you slammed the door in my face. No. We have put out a little bit of a teaser for those Saturday Afternoon Fever fans. Uh, any football fan knows exactly how this finishes. No spoiler alert. The Titanic, it sank. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time. Okay, that'll do us, Lawrence Mooney, for today. I am having a ball, so uh, please join us on the next episode and tell your friends. Bring some friends along. Thanks for joining us. Okay, if you haven't given us a rate and review, now's the time. We're counting on you. Ample. Hear, hear. Is this thing on? Yeah, that's on. Don't have to.